Hello, I'm Dr. Scott Wadier. And I'm Tommy Welling, and you're listening to the Fasting for Life podcast. This podcast is about using fasting as a tool to regain your health, achieve ultimate wellness, and live the life you truly deserve. Each episode is a short conversation on a single topic with immediate actionable steps. We cover everything from fat loss and health and wellness to the science of lifestyle design. We started Fasting for Life because of how fasting has transformed our lives, and we hope to share the tools that we have learned along the way. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Fasting for Life podcast. My name is Dr. Scott Wadier. I'm here, as always, with my good friend and colleague, Tommy Welling. Good morning to you, sir. Hey, Scott. How are you? Doing fantastic. Uh, I We are we are firing on all cylinders today, my friend. I am, um, as always, super excited to talk about uh, this really cool article that we came across um, from a company that uses CGMs, which is constant uh, glucose monitoring. And yeah. they put together this really robust research-backed 12-part, 12-step, uh, uh, kind of 12-topic list of things you can do to lo- lower your glucose, in, which really means lowering your insulin spike and your insulin response. And it was extremely actionable. Like there were so many things you could do just like at the next meal or at the next fasting window. And we went over it in the 10-day challenge, the ramp-up challenge that we just uh, finished up. And it was incredible to see the response from it. So we're going to go over our top three or four um, takeaways, and then you can find the link in the uh, show notes. Yeah, I thought these were really cool because, uh, like you said, you can you can really literally take them to your your next eating opportunity. Um, you know, you can get started with them today, and they have a marked improvement on those things that are so important: the blood sugar spikes, the insulin spikes, um, which are going to ultimately lead to you know the, the control of of type two diabetes, um, you know, blood sugar, metabolic issues, um, as well as, as well as, um, you know, increasing fat loss, um, as well. So just, it's really cool. And I, I thought it was, it was, it was nice that it, it, it synced up with, with things that we were, we were talking about and were very actionable in the challenge as well. Yeah. It's, and it's interesting. Cause when I, when I was reading it, I'm like, okay, all right. Number one, and I'm like, Oh wait, number one, isn't what I thought number one was going to be. Number two is what I thought the number one was going to be. The number two on their list is explore intermittent fasting, right? So right. you and I, big proponents of OMAD, gave us our life back, um, gave us back control, right? Like yeah. no more naps, uh, the weight's gone, um, better dad, better husband, better just person all around, less angry, less hangry, all that stuff, right? And I'm like, mm-hmm. surely the number one uh, strategy, but that's my biased opinion, would be, oh yeah, let's. it would be fasting. But number one on their list, which is eating earlier in the day, um, I put it in the fasting category because it's something that we use um, personally and then also something we teach where uh, it can be a tool if you're at a plateau, if you're not seeing the results with intermittent fasting, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I thought that was that was really it, it hit me because, um, you know, you, you hear people say, well, don't eat late in the day and, and things like that. But a lot of times it's it's with the frame of the calories, like because you would tend to get more calories in if you're eating all throughout the day and you eat into the later part of the day. Um, but when you, when you dive into the research and they actually do controlled studies where you're taking in the same number of calories, but you put them earlier in the day, um, that leads to a, a lower glucose spike, lower insulin response, and, and thus supporting our, our fasting goals and our just overall health um, better. 
um, just by just by eating earlier in the day. Yeah, and so that I mean that really fits into the intermittent fasting kind of concept too, where there was another uh, case report. Um, and there's studies, this one that showed the participants that did 24 hour fast three to four times a week, um, were able to reverse their insulin resistance enough in seven months to reverse diabetes. Um, so combining the, uh, concept of more time in between meals to allow your insulin to come down, which is one of the major benefits of fasting, you know, the weight loss, but never mind the metabolic, uh, and physiological things that happen on, you know, along with that is literally addressing the cause of the problem, which is the insulin resistance. Um, it was it was cool because you take the timing in between meals and then you add in the concept of, well, sometimes it is better to actually eat earlier in the day. Now you've got a couple of different levers you can pull on your journey. Mm -hmm. uh, like as you start yeah. to figure out how the tool of fasting um, can be used on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. And I, I really like that because we had a specific example that came up where somebody asked us, okay, um, I'm trying to hit a, I, I can't remember the, the time frame, but I think it was something like around a 30 to 32 hour fast. And they said, okay, well, e either I can, I can make it to that fasting window or I can cut it off a couple hours shorter because in order to make it to that window, I'm going to have to eat dinner, you know, later than normal, like a nine or 10 PM dinner or something like that. And, um, but the, the insulin response, it's exaggerated the, the later on uh, that we go into the day. So it was actually, we recommended uh, for this person to break the fast a little earlier. So instead of a, a 30 hour fast, it may have been a 27 hour fast, but that means a, a better response, better sleep that night um, and, and a lower insulin response and, and better supporting of the goals. And then just start the next fast right then after the meal. Yeah. And I, I believe the outcome of that was the scale started moving again for the first time in a while. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like it could be used as like a plateau breaker. I don't even like the word plateau because your body is probably at a set point or you're under or overfeeding it or your stress is high or your sleep sucks or something mm -hmm. else has happened, right? Where it's like your body isn't able to be as metabolically flexible as it should, or it's not processing the food or you've fallen off right. track a little bit with your food choices um, you've been on the road, all those different types of things. So I, you know, the cool part was moving that meal up, breaking the fast a little bit earlier, and then seeing the fact that that actually started, um, you know, I think this was on day five or six, maybe even day seven in the mm -hmm. ramp up. And then right from then till the end, it was like, whoa, I can't believe I finally broke through. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. And I, I also don't like that word, you know, plateau because, you know, it, it, it implies that there's a long-term issue. And, but oftentimes there's not oftentimes just regrouping, seeing what those, what those moving parts have looked like and, and what you've been eating and, and at what times lately can be enough to, to break past that sticking point. One additional thing there too, is sometimes you're just being impatient, right? <laughs> like you're just really being impatient. Like <clears throat> it took 30 years to put on those extra 30 pounds. Mm -hmm. Ah, the scale went up 0.2. Doesn't matter. Ah, I went up 1.4. It doesn't matter. It's that application consistently over time. And that was one of the cool threads of the week of the 10 days was consistency over perfection, mm -hmm. you know, like consistency and then the greater than sign about 10 times and then the word perfection. <laughs> yeah. So staying consistent with it um, is way more important. So it was really cool just to see that realization. And it was, it was a great, you know, reflection point for us. Um, and then also cool to see people be able to just put it right into play, like immediately. 
Yeah, it was. And then, you know, we, we started tweaking that and refining it, um, especially with, with some tips like this, like the eating earlier in the day and, and just watching that, um, you know, be effective. And, and just the fact that, you know, bringing in the same number of calories, but earlier in the day or within a, a tightened eating window, like there's, there's research um, cited here that talking about going from a 12 hour eating window, like an 8am to 8pm, taking that and shrinking it down into a six hour eating window, like from 8am to 2pm, but taking in the same number of calories, but a a significantly reduced glucose and insulin spike. And, um, you know, just, you know, reversing the metabolic issues, and and supporting the the fat loss. And it's just it's amazing, because before I started fasting, I, I, I would have, I would have had a problem acknowledging that just on, just on kind of a, a practical level without seeing the data behind right. it. Cause it just didn't feel like it should matter to me. It was like, well, if right. I'm counting it, right. If my macros are the same and I'm counting it, shouldn't it, shouldn't it all come out in the wash, so to speak. Right. Well, right. but the, the problem is that the insulin response that we have from our meal earlier in the day is still elevated by the time we get into the next eating opportunity. And that just leads to another further exaggerated insulin response. And so it just doesn't have the time to come down, which is what we need. So I love combining these two um, to land the plane, as we like to say. So, uh, you know, just off this article, like it was really cool. Cause we're like, Oh, this is what we do. You know, 24 hour fasting periods, three to four times a week, moving, you know, pivoting, moving your meals earlier. If, if you're not seeing the results you want, you know, get put it in to play for a couple of weeks. And then that results in the um, increased insulin sensitivity, which is the good side of insulin where the opposite is the resistance. So mm-hmm. it was, it was really cool. And um, I, uh, I like how easy it is. And yeah, with you, I was like, wait a minute, that's, sh- should that really matter? And apparently it does. So um, it's yeah, going to be cool clear. to see that 30 hour fast, like the lunch to the following dinner Mm -hmm. um, to see kind of what the numbers look like uh, with the people we're working with. And then I'm going to do it uh, personally. I'm going to do it a few times just to kind of see the before and afters. Okay, cool. It'll be cool. Um, If you do the tracking, then you can do the same thing. So that kind of leads into talking about the effect of eating, right? Which would be my second favorite one in this, which would be when we combine a, and they use the term preloading. So fat plus protein or fat plus carb before a meal and what that showed on the back end in terms of a glucose and insulin spike. Yeah. And, and this one's interesting too, because, um, basically carbohydrates by themselves were shown to have the greatest spike in blood sugar and the greatest insulin spike. But when we, when we preloaded or combined, um, fat and or protein with the carbohydrates, then it greatly reduced the amount of insulin um, response, um, you know, after or coming into that meal and, and, and needing to um, be present to process that meal, which is, which has huge implications for, um, for keeping fat storage to a minimum and, you know, supporting fat loss. Yeah. And I like, so this was cool. Um, one of the biggest hiccups roadblocks, uh, I don't know how else you want to categorize it for people is, Oh, I love carbs, right? Going yeah. low carb. We did a whole episode on it going low carb. They did a study. It was a pretty big study. Um, and they looked at the efficacy of the weight loss and the diabetes reversal, the HbA and C with numbers. And I don't remember all the specifics off, t- off the top of my head, but this is a few episodes ago where, um, 
the outcome at six months, 12 months, and two years, the, the 12 month and two years showed a complete regression or actually an increase or mm-hmm. a, deg- a, a regression uh, of the goal, which was to lower blood sugars and lose weight, right? right. So sticking it's to so the carb, to yeah, the maintenance part of it. So sticking to the, the, the carb thing is always, is always a catch. And we know that carbs, like you just said, spike insulin and glucose the most, um, especially like the things like maltodextrin and, you know, just all of the additional uh, uh, process side of things too. But simply looking at this study, I like this was a non-diabetic study and it was showing that 23 grams of protein. So it's like a scoop of, of a protein powder just for a visual representation and 17 grams of fat, which is um, like a pad and a half of butter ish. Right. Mm. So 20 eating that, I wouldn't eat protein powder and butter together, but just a visual representation. Um, 25 to 30 minutes before ingesting carbohydrates, significantly decreased post-meal blood sugar levels. That had insulin resistance. So non-diabetic individuals that had insulin resistance, combining the protein and the fat before ingesting the carbohydrate um, was huge. So I know growing up for me, it was always, well, we start with the bread on the table, right? Then we go to the salad. Then we go to the meat. Well, I had it completely backwards. We were, <laughs> we were doing, we had, we had it out of order, right? Right. Yeah. Do the salad first with, with some, maybe some oil and vinegar dressing with it, maybe a little bit of chicken in the salad or, or some yeah. soup. Um, and then, you know, just, just flip those around because it, it, it allows the processing to begin without just focusing on the carbohydrates because the, the, the body tends to have an exaggerated carbohydrate response where the sugar starts to spike, especially with white bread, um, or other, um, you know, fast acting carbohydrates, then, yeah. um, it, it, it over, it over, um, compensates on the insulin side. Hey, y'all I wanted to take a second and tell you just an incredible story about an amazing company that we've come across recently. Um, and now they are a sponsor of our show. It's airdoctorpro.com. You can head to the website, use a promo code, uh, fasting for life to receive up to $300 off. But most importantly, uh, my little guy, my two-year-old has not slept consistently through the night uh, since he was born. We have tried everything you can imagine. He is our third child. And we're just like, what is happening? So we have gone to great lengths, time, money, and effort to figure out um, how we can help him sleep. And uh, the reality is uh, we were pretty much just resigned to the fact that this is how it's going to be until we put the Air Doctor Pro in his room. And I am not joking when I tell you the first night that we put it in his room, he slept through the night. The second night, slept through the night. Now we're up to 35 plus days that he has slept through the night. He has only woken up two times, rather than two, three times a night, two times in the last 35 days and counting. And we are just so incredibly grateful. The reality is uh, we had a feeling that it was something that we were missing And the indoor air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air these days. In some cases, up to 100 times more. We spend 90% of our time indoors, and we take 20,000 breaths a day. So what's the solution? An air purifier, a cut above the rest. I'm not going to lie. We have tried others. We've tried other HEPA filters. We've tried other air filters. We have spent the money, and they have not done the results that Air Doctor did in literally the first day that we put it in his room. They filter out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants. That includes pollutants such as allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mite, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. So I don't know what it was that was keeping them up, but it is now gone. 
So Air Doctor comes with a 30-day breathe easy money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com. Use promo code FASTING for life to receive up to $300 off air purifiers. An exclusive listener um, offer for you as well. You'll receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. That's exclusive to you, the podcast listener, now hearing this in real time. Lock this special offer by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code fasting for life. You guys know that we are very particular with who we partner with. And if it wasn't for this incredible company and the incredible results that we've seen, I would not be encouraging you to head to the website and take advantage of the fasting for life promo code. So if you support our sponsors, you are ultimately supporting us. We are grateful for you listening in. And now back to today's episode. The other one in this category, so that was that's the fat and protein combination, 25 to 30 minutes before. And this was really cool because I had never done this or, or seen this or thought of this before. So this is eating fat alone in conjunction with a carbohydrate. So the example here, and this was the research study that they cited, um, again, it will decrease the post-meal sugar spike, right? So we know that insulin and glucose kind of trend together. Um, You can't really test your insulin at home. So we use glucose as the indicator. And this is eating three ounces of almonds with a meal of white bread. So this was the study. I'm not recommending you go out and eat white bread, okay? But, you know, growing up, you know, bologna sandwiches on on the Wonder Bread, Mm -hmm. you know, fried bologna sandwiches, a little bit of Hellman's mayo, a little bit of Dijon mustard. Yeah, this was a real thing back in the day. Yeah. Um, so no more white bread, but three ounces of almonds with a meal of white bread, uh, combining those two, right. Um, showed a significant decrease rather than eating just the white bread alone. So simply combining three ounces of almonds with carbohydrates. Hmm. Yeah. Can insulate you from the effect of the carbs. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of the other, one of the other points that we're not going to get into uh, so much right now, but uh, was, was vinegar. Vinegar was mentioned as, as being able to blunt the glucose and the insulin spike too. But, you know, like um, going into an Italian restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. Do we, do we, I I said, I couldn't just, I'm like taking a shot of white vinegar, like before I eat bread, like, I'm just like, I don't think I can do that. Right. And that, yeah, that, that sounds terrible. But at the same time, if you, if you go into some uh, Italian restaurants and they put white bread in front of you, but they also may offer you olive oil and balsamic vinegar with it as well. So, so put the olive oil with it, put the vinegar with it. And then now you have a a blood sugar stunting, um, you know, combination to, to help with the white bread that that's, you know, delicious. And, and you may have, you may be eating anyway, along with your meal. So you can, you can, um, you know, blunt that response with it too. Yeah. So, so for my, my brain, it's like, all right, well, I'm going to, you know, we have our holiday party coming up or we, and we talked a lot about this with people in the, in the 10 day too. Um, it was incredible that over 50 people went through it and just, man, I'm just so fired up still. I'm like, when are we doing the next one? So, um, you know, protein and fat, I'm like, oh yeah, I can handle eating protein and fat before carbs. Yeah, sure. Great. I can definitely do that. You know, we're having a homemade, you know, spaghetti and turkey meatball. We use the Bonza pasta. It's got higher protein, higher fiber, still carbs. Mm -hmm. So I still get a, you know, the nasty effect of it, the sluggish kind of brain fog, and I don't feel great the next day. So this time I'm going right to the meatballs. Um, You know, uh, it's going to be grass-fed ground beef and meatball mix. So that's going to give me my protein and my fat. 
And then mm -hmm. I'll have the bonza separate. I'll have it after, right? I'll just yeah. have my own yeah. little like dessert. And I'm gonna I'm gonna measure and see kind of what happens. Um, and then the second thing with the almonds, I'm like three ounces of almonds, that's 40 grams of fat. So combining protein and fat negates the carb effect 20 to 35 minutes before in simply just eating three ounces of almonds, which is about 40 grams of fat. Like that just seems too simple. And someone in the challenge actually did this and then reported back. Like, I can't believe my numbers were lower after my meal. Yeah. 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 He's like, some, I can't believe some. this works. I'm like, I'm sad to say that me too. I had no idea this was a thing. <laughs> Yeah. It, these are, these are the kinds of things where they're easy to kind of write off, but when you start seeing the data, you start seeing the spikes and the numbers that go behind it, um, that were used in the study. And then, and then for us personally, and then in the challenge, um, you know, using things like, like a ketone monitor and taking a look yep. at, at ketones and blood sugar, you know, before and after these meals and actually seeing it work is, is powerful stuff. All right. So the last one that we want to highlight, uh, is the, um, topic of exercise. So two of the biggest questions we get when people come to us and they find like, okay, you're just recommending fasting. Okay. Well, what do I eat? Well, what do you like to eat? Okay. If it's not fast food every day, we're not going to be like, okay, you should probably stop eating that. Right. Like if you have a balanced meal plan, then just eat what you like, but know the effects of what you're eating and then make changes as you go, as you learn the process. Right. So what do I eat is one of the right. questions. And then what do I do with exercise? Meaning when can I exercise fasted, et cetera, et cetera. And the answer is yes. And it depends on how you feel. There's this two week adaptation process that needs to happen uh, for your body to get adapted to working out in a fasted state. And there's dozens of influencers and fasters and fasting gurus that I know, like if you just search it, right, that will come up and they, they actually recommend working out in a fasted state. Now we're talking for fat loss. We're not talking for, you know, like trying to bodybuild and hit PRs every day in a powerlifting program, right? Mm -hmm. So this was cool because there's two studies here and some of the people, you know, have 50, 80, 100 pounds to lose. Well, I don't think it's probably the best idea to get on the biggest loser and start doing these crazy high intense like workouts with all the extra weight. Let's get some of the weight off first. And one of the things we recommend a lot is walking, right? Yeah. So it's easy if you're, if you're not a big mover, especially today uh, in, in 2020, we're home a lot more, right? We're not out and about as much. So we're, you know, we're missing our air quotes steps. Well, easiest thing you can do. <laughs> I know I see this, the wry smile on your face, Tommy. We did it. We did it. We talked about the whole 10,000 steps to nowhere episode back in the day, but yeah. um, people like their steps. We encourage movement. So this was cool. There's two, two different you know, applications for what they talk about here in terms of exercise. So people doing 30 minutes of walking in one block, right? So you take the dogs for a walk, you do your afternoon walk, you walk at lunchtime, right? Whatever. Right. Compared to doing one minute and 40 seconds of walking every 30 minutes throughout waking hours up until that 30 minute mark. So 30 minutes of exercise of walking in both study, the participants doing the one minute and 40 second, like, bursts like the little i'm just going to go walk for a minute and 40 seconds and i'm going to stop every 30 right. minutes mm -hmm. showed that the post meal glucose peaks and insulin levels were um, decreased in the burst group so the one minute and 40 second group compared to the 30 minute block of walking and it was the same amount of walking just the fact the the uh the glucose and insulin levels were much lower in that second group and 
that's really stinking cool because anybody can do a minute and 40 seconds of anything every 30 minutes. Right. It's, it's so easy to do. And, and that's just another one where that, that would have been hard for me to understand before right. seeing the data. And I, I probably would have just said, no, oh, well, no, it, it can't be that big of a deal. But again, these are, these are all just really, really actionable tools. And if you put something like a continuous glucose monitor um, and you see the data and you see how this, how all these things are, are affecting that your blood sugar and your insulin spikes, it's, it's incredible. And all these things add up, take, take two or three, you know, it's like start today, even with just one and start stacking these on top of each other and, and know you're making a significant impact on the blood sugar and on the insulin resistance. And it's, it's working. Even if the, the scale isn't moving just yet, it's working in the background. It's, it's priming the machine for change. And I mean, these, these things are incredible. Like that's extremely actionable. It's easy to do. Anybody can do it. And in full transparency, even, even if, um, you know, uh, tracking 10,000 steps doesn't have a significant effect on, on fat loss and other measurement outcomes. I put in tons and tons of steps, especially when I started fasting. Um, I was, right. you know, I'd be listening to audiobooks um, about fasting um, and, and just walking around neighborhood and, and in, in the back of our neighborhood uh, just for miles and miles. And that took up a lot of the significant extra time that I had when I was, you know, um, you know, just not eating and not thinking about what, right. the, what the next thing was I was going to be eating. So, um, it's, yeah, it's a cool it, void it, filler. I didn't think of it that mm-hmm. way. Like, yeah, you're not going to eat. Okay. Well walk instead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially as you start getting through your household projects and it's like, well, okay, well, what else? I mean, there's streets. some extra time there. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. Um, yeah, and I would I would have had a hard time thinking that was that it would have been the, the same kind of outcome looking at those numbers ahead of time. But mm-hmm. um, if the goal is to reduce insulin resistance and to get the weight to move again, then um, I, I like how simple it is. And then the other part of the exercise piece was they looked at. So overall, we know that exercise, you know, 30, 30 plus minutes, three times a week, eight weeks, Tons of research out that shows uh, it improves insulin resistance and glycemic control, so blood sugar control, and fasting glucose levels, right? So we know exercise has a benefit, but high-intensity training mm-hmm. actually improves glucose and insulin sensitivity in as little as two weeks, like that burst concept. So this other study that they talk about, which is really cool, it's three different exercise regimens all added up to 60 minutes of exercise. So 20 minutes of jogging, 30 minutes before meals, and that's repeated three times a day, right? So they're eating three meals a day. Mm-hmm. And then 20 minutes of jogging, 30 minutes after meals, repeated three times a day, and then multiple short bursts of exercise throughout the day. So three minutes of jogging every 30 minutes, repeated 20 times a day, right? So three minutes of jogging, right? Mm-hmm. 20 times. So that gets you your 20, 40, 60 minutes, right? Yeah. And it found that the short regular bursts done by the third group were most effective at reducing your body's response to eating in terms of blood sugar. Hmm. Wow. Right. Like, I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. Like, can it be? And it, that's cool to me because three minutes of jogging or three minutes of like push-ups or three minutes of doing jumping jacks in my office is way easier for me right now in the at home office with two kids, three dogs, a wife who's in practice. Mm-hmm. Um, you got the UPS guy coming and knocking on the door. The dogs are barking. We're trying to record a podcast. I'm like, all right, well set a timer. <laughs> I literally can get up in the office right now, which is under construction, and I can just do jumping jacks, get my heart rate up, and then go sit back down. 
Right. I mean, that that's, it's so easy to find all those, those, those little small windows. And I, I love just setting a timer and you can use like a, a Pomodoro timer app or something else like that. And then just do it once every, every 20, 30 minutes and, and just take a minute or two and, and do something, get your heart rate up. And, and then um, you don't have to look for these big extended blocks of time because when we do that, we tend not to find them. And then we push it to the next window and then those just, those just slip away anyway, as, as missed opportunities. But even if we found the opportunities, they weren't as effective as, as just those little small bursts. So I think that's incredibly empowering. What we're not saying is stop doing the workout regimen that you're doing. If you're already working out great. Um, but if you're at a plateau, pick something and mix it up. If you're doing the, the long, you know, uh, hot, hot, hot works workouts or the F45 workouts or the CrossFit workouts, um, mm-hmm. you know, it might not be as, you know, you might be getting the results you're looking for, but combining the fasting with one of these things or two of these things that we've talked about is really going to be the action step for me today, Tommy. It's, um, these are really easy things you can put in. So if it's combining the fat and protein before a meal or doing the almonds before a meal, if you know, you're going to have carbs and carbs are a problem for you, you're trying to break the cycle, right. Of having that carb addiction, right. Um, you know, using the three twenty four three to four days a week, the 24 hour window, um, you know, with the eating earlier in the day, maybe doing a lunch to the the 30 hours to the following dinner would be a good thing. Or putting in one of these new, um, you know, walking regiments, if you're a walker or um, one of these exercise burst regimens for a couple of weeks and see what happens, see how you feel, see what the scale says. Um, So I'd pick one or two of these things, put them in. And I don't really think there could be anything more actual than that. Right, Tommy, as we wrap this up? No, I think that's, I think that's great. I think, um, um, I think these are really easy to put into place um, today. So, so don't Great. wait. Yeah. Awesome. Go for it. Love it. If you got questions, shoot us a message. The link will be in the show notes. Um, if you're new to the podcast, go to the website. You can learn about who we are, what we do. Uh, you'll see the uh, fast start guide, which is how to put 24 hour fast or one meal a day fast into your day to day. There's a small, uh, short 20 minute video training called the mini masterclass that comes with that fast start guide. Go ahead and put in your email, download it. Um, you'll get the access to the mini masterclass. Uh, that'll be the best place to start. If you have questions for us, um, reach out info at the info at the and stay tuned as we ramp close out this year and ramp up for 2021. We are working on a lot of cool tools, a lot of cool resources, uh, and stay tuned for the update on the next challenge. Tommy, as always, thank you, sir. And we'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye. So, you've heard today's episode, and you may be wondering, where do I start? Head on over to thefastingforlife.com and sign up for our newsletter, where you'll receive fasting tips and strategies to maximize results and fit fasting into your day-to-day life. While you're there, download your free Fast Start Guide to get started today. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a five-star review, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Fasting for Life.